What's up, bro? Welcome to a new episode of the Brian Janu Show. I bleed sports. Um, as you know, I am Brian Janu, the host, and like always, all podcast platforms everywhere, Brian Janu Show. Social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Facebook, Brian Janu Show, and of course, like always, YouTube channel, Brian Janu Show, man. I hope you guys enjoy this episode, man. Like I said, <clears throat> It's Tuesday night, so it's I Believe Sports. And, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of, not like last week. Last week was a lot of sports, a lot of craziness going on. But this week is more geared towards football. But I will talk about some other stuff. Like right now, I'm going to get into this other stuff. Um, before I get into football, of course, you know, I got my crazy six for the college football week. I got my, my eyes on college football for week 13. Um which would be my skeptical game of the week, my most interesting game of the week, my upset game of the week, and, of course, the game of the week. <clears throat> and, of course, like NFL, man, my big four of the NFL going into week 12. And, of course, my levels of warning for three NFL teams uh, this upcoming week. Uh, so let's get into it, man. Uh, like I said, but before I get into that, I'm going to get into this, and I'm going to start off like this. Um, so, I can't remember if I talked about it last week or not. I think the suspension had just happened, I think. can't remember. Um, but it did happen. Yeah, I did talk about it last week. Draymond Green. Uh, Draymond Green. Um, and Draymond Green getting suspended for five games is crazy. But this all really started off like late, like last year, with people when it came to Draymond Green when he punched Jordan Poole in the face. <laughs> and now Jordan Poole is in Washington, man, and he looks he 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 looks like he looks he looks bad, man. Let's <laughs> just be one hundred percent honest right now. Um. Uh yeah um yeah I, I Jordan Pullman um Washington I'm gonna start off with this Washington is starting to become the Washington Wizards are starting to become um a franchise ran by young players. And that's never good to have no real leadership. Uh, like Washington's starting to become the old, the like the the destination point where your career is pretty much just over, and they don't want to tell you yet. Like you go to Washington, and you're like, how the fuck did I end up here? Like I must be done. Jordan Poole is not a leader, and I've been seeing these clips on social media the last couple of. <laughs> days of him in certain games and he's just very nonchalant and he's like in these games he's in these games and 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 he's just not he doesn't have the same off that you know he never really had to go to state but he had at least a structure around him and I feel like with Jordan Poole man being that 
he's he I can't believe I'm about to say this. He's the leader of a franchise. And he's young. He's not ready for this shit. Period. Flat out. He's just not ready to be the leader of a franchise. He's never and that's what probably his biggest problem was in in um in Golden State. He thought he was bigger than what he was and he wasn't. Um if you even go back to his college years when he was in Michigan, Michigan gave him enough rope, but they still had enough to pull him back. You know, Jawan Howard did enough to, to get him where he needed him to be in certain positions in certain games. And now he's in Washington, and you're asking him to become this guy, which nobody, I think, is asking him to really become the guy, but you're the leader of the team, of a team that probably isn't going anywhere this season. And Joe Paul is like, what, 25, 26? Like, the dude's a kid. Like, he's not even in a mental – he's not in a mental state of adulthood to really understand that this franchise needs him to be way more than just a score. And that's what Golden State was trying to teach him, and he fucked up that situation. I feel like at the end of the day, man, anybody that's trying to sit up here and tell me Jordan Poole is – Jordan Poole could score. That's great. But he's James Harden. You can score. I don't see nothing else outside of that. I don't really see anything else outside of that. You can't play defense. And you barely are a passer. You can't even pass the ball. Like, at least with James Harden, he can at least pass the fucking football. I mean, pass the fucking basketball. He can get people going. Like, you know, with James Harden, he was, you know, he could at least get people going in the game. Like, but with Jordan Poole, it's, it's none of that. You know, it's just it's just a really bad situation. I'm looking at this, man, and saying to myself, if you're Washington, man, if you're the Wizards, what friend, what what do you do with that team? You got Kyle Kuzma, who also was kind of like a player that a lot of people was just just trying to get rid of. It, it's getting to the point now where I'm just in in this mindset of like, uh, again, now people are like, maybe Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole last year in practice wasn't wasn't a bad thing. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, damn, bro, like you haven't you ain't doing it. But it's when you have this idea in your head that like you're bigger than the team. And and once you get to that point, it's hard to rein that back in without humility. And the the Warriors tried to give him humility last year and he still couldn't get it. So maybe now being the butt of everybody's jokes on social media and realizing they don't love you like that, you you could be hitting all those crazy shots in the NBA Finals, and then two years later, you could literally be the butt of the jokes on social media. So it's a it's a it's an interesting situation for Jordan Poole, and he got to figure that out because Washington isn't going anywhere. We know Washington's not going any fucking where, but at the end of the day, you still got to be um, – you got to understand who you are as a player, man. Player play, period. You got to know who you are as a player, and I don't think he – I think he – I think he thinks he knows who he is, and it's just not going to work out well for him. Other than that, man, basketball really isn't really kicked into another gear yet. I mean, it's only November. They're only a month into the season. Um, they really haven't uh, kicked into another gear. The play-in is, is working right now. They're still doing a play-in tournament, which is which is cool. Um, yeah, it's cool. There's nothing more, nothing less. Uh, 
yeah, as long as football is still going on, it's 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 not really uh, a talking point, really. Even in college, like college basketball, it's not really a talking point right now. I mean, there's more teams that's dropped in the last couple of games. You know, a college basketball than anything, and you still don't have that same type of, you know, what I'm saying like umph to like energize and get ready for it. So. Yeah, college, college football in football in general is just king right now. It's a king. You're about to get into the college playoffs with the with college football, which I'm about to talk about, and also the NFL is about to heat up in the next couple of weeks because of the playoff implications about to kick in. So yeah, man, it's a it's a it's a pretty crazy time period for basketball because you don't really have any stories. You don't have the Nuggets are not doing what they usually do. The Suns still need to figure out who they are. The Bucks also have to figure out who they are. The Celtics are dominant. The you know the Warriors are now in a free fall. The Lakers are literally the Lakers. I mean, when they're good, they're good. When they're bad, they're bad. And it is what it is. And I don't think basketball right now has a a front page story. Now, if somebody gets traded, then I we having a different conversation. But it depends on who gets traded and to where. Uh, so basketball right now is just a very nonchalant conversation. Um, so that's kind of why I don't have really any story about basketball tonight. I really just don't have any. Um, but I do want to talk about this. Now, last Thursday, outside of just football, there was, uh, boxing, boxing on. Now, I watched it, well, I watched the first fight, the second fight I went to sleep on, so I didn't get a chance to see Shakur Stevenson versus Edwin, uh, Edwin De Santos, like I really wanted to. I went to sleep on that shit. <laughs> uh, thank God I did go to sleep on it because everybody's like, that match was boring. It was a boring-ass boxing match. And <sighs> how do I feel about that? Uh, if you if you are a fan like, of boxing like I am, if you've watched, of course, Stevenson fights, most of his fights earlier in his you know, peak when he started to take off a little bit has been boring. That was always the moniker around a lot of his boxing matches. I mean, when he went into the fight against uh, Jamal Jamal, uh, Herning, when he went into that fight against Jamal Herning, a lot of people were like, his fights are boring. Like, when is he going to turn it on? He can do it. He can actually physically turn it on. He's now growing into his, his man strength. All these things, and watching a fight, and 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 then, you know, hearing people say this fight was just boring, and now you find out Shakur Stevenson has a has a shoulder injury, so that could explain why he didn't one hundred percent, you know, try to put himself in more of a dangerous situation with the shoulder. After the fight, he said, "I'm not gonna make any excuses for why you know I didn't perform tonight. I just had a bad fight. I'm not gonna sit up here and lie." Um, but that's always been. You know, when before these these stretches of fights Shakur had, there was always the, the the knock on him was his fights are boring, his boxing matches are kind of boring, and for me personally, man, um, Shakur is still one of the best boxers in in boxing, man. He's one of the best lightweight uh, champions in boxing. Anybody that sits up here and tries to tell you that he's not, you're fucking lying. Um, 
what I don't like about this shit is uh, social media turns on you when you have a performance like that, and then, then they have the right to. But at the same time, it's when your own peers tries to get on social media, niggas that have do- ducked and dodged you. Devin Heaney won a fight against Lomachenko. A lot of people say he shouldn't have won that fight. I've had I had it seven to five. I thought he beat Lomachenko. Um, in that fight, I thought he beat him. Um, not decisively, but he beat him. Um, and Devin Heaney and Shakur Stevens had gotten the ring after the fight. Y'all remember this? Shakur Stevens had gotten the ring after the fight. Look at Devin Heaney and told that nigga, "Let's fight. I'm ready when you're ready. Let's go." And Devin Heaney was supposed to be scheduled to fight. Shakur Stevenson for the undisputed championships that he had, and he dropped the belt, went up to another uh, another weight class, and is now fighting Regis Graves December night. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? You go get on social media and be like, I could beat that nigga. Like, really? You really gonna sit on social media and say you can beat Shakur Stevenson, the same nigga you just ran from? Are you fucking kidding me, kid? Like, stop that shit, bro. No, 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 no. You literally looked at this nigga. He got in the ring, told you, let's fight. Let's do this. What's up? And you chose to move up a weight class. Like, you was like, nope. Not fighting that nigga. <laughs> you consciously decided to drop your belt and go up a weight class. I don't want to hear shit from you, kid. Like, I don't want to hear nothing from you. You should be the last nigga to get on social media and talk about that nigga fights. Are you fucking kidding me? No, 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 no. No. You should be the last nigga to try to bring up a nigga fighting and say, <laughs> boy, that was funny. I was like, this, this nigga talking about Shakur? Is this nigga serious? I was like, the same nigga that ran from Shakur Stevenson, the same nigga that was pretty much mandated to fight Shakur Stevenson and said, nah, I'm good. I'm going to move up a weight class. <laughs> Which, by the way, I don't think you beat Regis. I don't think you beat Regis 100% outright. Like, I think Regis gets with you. He's got a little bit more power than you, and he can really hurt you. I don't, I don't think this is a good idea for Devin Henney at all, but we'll see when it happens in December. Um... And the other one was Ryan Garcia. Now, Ryan Garcia gets on social media and he talks his shit. But the last time I saw you, nigga, you got your ass knocked out. So I don't want to hear, well, not knocked out. Well, yeah, you did. You got punched in the face and fell to the ground. And then you got a liver shot and you set your ass on the canvas like, "Mm -mm, can't fight no more. So for you to also get on social media and talk shit, Bruh, if you got way more than one punch now, it would be great. Until I see you fight someone of a Shakur Stevenson, a Tank Davis level again, you should shut the fuck up forever. Like, you should shut up. Like, that is... Nah. Nah, 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 nah. You're worried about social media. Them dudes are real motherfucking boxers. They about that shit. Don't do that to yourself. Don't do that to yourself, kid. You're going to hurt yourself. Don't, don't do that to yourself. But the Devin Henney one, I was like, I looked at that shit. I'm like, Devin Henney? Try to talk shit about Shakur Stevenson, nigga? 
when this nigga got in the ring after your fight, looked at you and told you, nigga, I want to fight you. What's up? Put the belt on the line. Let's get it. And you was like, nah, I'm going to move up a whole weight class. Drop the belt and I'm going to move up a whole weight class. You should be the last nigga to talk about anyone. Especially a nigga you ran from. A nigga you ran from. Fuck out of here, dude. Fuck out of here. I saw that shit. <laughs> I saw that shit. Friday, I was like, this nigga really, like, tweeted at Shakur Stevenson, like, this is a bad performance. I could beat him. Then you should have fought the nigga. What the fuck are you talking about? I ain't understand that shit. I ain't understand that shit at all, to be honest with you. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. Let's get to it. So football is winding down. Like I said, college football is winding down. Uh, NFL is starting to kind of get closer and closer to the end. Um, college football this weekend uh, is the final regular season games of this weekend. It's pretty much rivalry week. Uh, got Georgia versus Georgia Tech, Florida versus Florida State, uh, Oregon versus Oregon State. Um, you know, of course, Ohio State versus Michigan. Alabama versus Auburn. I mean, that's a it's a, it's gonna be a classic battles. LSU versus Texas A&M. Um, it's gonna be some games, man. It's gonna be some games. Um, but for college football, man, um, we're getting closer and closer also to the Heisman, the Heisman Award. And for me personally, they usually this is a hard time for a lot of people. But there's there's only really three people. That should be even, you know, excuse me, invited to New York next week for the Heisman. And that, to me, is Bo Nix of Oregon, Michael Penix Jr. from Washington, and Jaden McDaniels from LSU. Yeah, I left Keller Williams out of that. Did you hear that? Yeah, I left Keller Williams out of that because I don't think he should be nominated or at least the only reason why you invite him is because he won the Heisman last year, and that's pretty much it. But to sit up here and tell me he's had anywhere close to those seasons that those three guys have had this year, you are fucking delusional. No, 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 no. Now, if you want to invite him, invite him, but he's not close to any three of those guys when it comes to this season. He hasn't done shit like those three the guys have done. They superseded what he did. This season, and I think anybody that sit up here tell me Keller Williams should be invited to the Heisman nomination next Saturday, for what reason? So he can sit in the crowd and look at the motherfuckers walk off with the award. Like, what's the point? And right now it's a two-headed race. I'm gonna be honest. It's a two-headed race. I think we all know that. Um, it's a two-headed race. Um, Bo Nix of Oregon and Jada McDaniel's of LSU. And for me personally, y'all already know, J.D. McDaniel should win the Heisman. He should win the Heisman um, because, the, the and this is the dumbest criteria of it all, because if you sit up here, you're trying to tell me Bo Nick should win the Heisman. 
because of his record in the in college football this season. Oregon is like what eleven and one, ten and one, some shit like that. Oh, oh, 10 and one. Oregon's ten and one. So if you sit up here trying to tell me, you know, because of Oregon's record is ten and one, that's more of a team situation than it is an individual one. But let's put it into perspective. If Jaden McDaniels was on Oregon and Bo Nix was on LSU, LSU wins six fucking games. Maybe, and that's me giving them a minimum. Like, that's their max of Bo Nix being with the LSU Tigers this year. They win six fucking games. That defense that we have in LSU is awful. Fucking terrible. Bo Nix cannot win with that defense. You know how I know that he couldn't win? Because he played at Alabama. I mean, he played at Auburn for like three fucking years before he moved to the Pac-12. And he could not win any of those SEC games. When it mattered most, he never won them. And this is why I've been very skeptical of Oregon this year. Because I've seen Bo Nix in big game situations. And he shit the bed in them. That's why I was very skeptical of Oregon. I was like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. And for me personally, it feels like that. Bo Nix, if he wins the Heisman, okay, cool. But to sit up here and tell me Jaden McDaniels isn't the best player in college football, you're fucking lying. Like that kid goes out there every fucking Saturday. And he's going to probably torch Texas A&M. This man literally for the last two games – this man has literally had 600 yards of offense in one game and six touchdowns. Last week against Georgia State, this man was responsible for eight touchdowns. Eight fucking touchdowns. This man has had 14 touchdowns in the last two weeks of college football play. Come on now, man. Like, I get it. I understand. But... Anybody sit up here trying to tell me Bo Nix is better than J.D. McDaniels, you're <laughs> you smoking. <laughs> you truly smoking, man, because that, that, that shit is beyond me. But anyway, <sighs> like I said, that's in a week or two when they announced the Heisman uh, nominees and going to New York. <laughs> And right now, I'm watching the college football uh, top 25 um, playoff rankings. And it just came out. And yeah, um, <laughs> this uh, their college football playoff rankings. Now, you know, I do my crazy six, but their six of college football right now is Georgia one, Ohio State two, Michigan three. Washington is four, Florida State is five, and Oregon is six. Now, speaking of Florida State, um, Jordan Travis, uh, the quarterback, the starting quarterback of the Florida State uh, Seminoles, man, he suffered a terrible injury um, Saturday night, um, last Saturday, um, in a meaningless game, man. It was such a meaningless game. Florida State pretty much could have had that in the bag. Um without him on the field, but, um, man, he, uh, it was a, it was a, it was a really bad injury, 
uh, to the point where, you know, he's he's done for the year. Um, he even posted on social media. I just saw that he posted on social media that he's done with college football. He's pretty much now probably going to heal up after his surgery. I think it was successful. That's good. Uh, and he's going to heal up and get ready for the NFL draft. I, don't, I, I know it's going to affect his draft stock, but the kid can actually play. And maybe in a second, he was already, to me, he was going to be a late first, early second round quarterback. But now he might be mid second, late second, third round forward, maybe. Um, because you don't want to take a chance on him like a like a, a Hayden Hooker last year with, with Tennessee when he got injured late in the year. And you're like, oh, shit. Like Hayden Hooker could have been a number one overall. Like he could have been a rated, a real highly rated quarterback if he doesn't get injured last year. And the fact that he did. Um, it sucks, man. It sucks. Um, for both of those guys. Um, but hopefully Jordan Travis, man, depending on what these teams do in the draft, he might end up on a really good fucking football. Like, I'm be honest, third round, fourth round, I would not mind seeing Jordan Travis get drafted by the 49ers or like, uh, 49ers or like the Saints. Uh, like a team that already got a quarterback that you kind of feel like eh, at any moment he could kind of, you know what I'm saying? And if he definitely comes back more healthy and, you know, I think he definitely could go in the first round, the third, late second, you know, late second, early third, maybe even fourth round to a really good franchise that don't really have, that have a franchise quarterback that gives him a chance to heal up. Like Detroit, Detroit took Hayden Hooker in this last year's draft. <clears throat> No, you had Jared Goff, but Hayden Hooker has been sitting on the sidelines watching his offense, listening to how his offense works, going into quarterback meetings. And I'm pretty sure if you put him on the field, maybe next year, let's see if something happens to Jordan, uh, Jared Goff. Not hoping it does, but if something does happen to Jared Goff next year and you put Hayden Hooker behind that offense, it probably works. It probably works really well. So maybe Jordan Travis is the same thing. Maybe he gets drafted by the 49ers. Maybe he gets drafted by – you know, a team that kind of already has a quarterback there. But just in case, let's put this guy, let's draft this guy and bring him into the team. You know, but I would love to see that for him, you know, because the man was was, was really fucking good this year. So hopefully, man, hopefully um, he comes back 100% and ready to go. Speaking of that, last week I also took Florida State out my my crazy six. I took them out the crazy six because I felt like they weren't, there yet. I felt like this team was struggling. And hold on, matter of fact, let me check and see if I'm right about that. Yep, talking about my crazy six last week. So I felt I felt like I felt like, you know, I felt like Florida State was <clears throat> Florida State was, you know, good, you know, this whole season. But I, I kept saying, where's Florida State's identity? What is Florida State's identity? Now that you have no join Travis, we're probably never gonna see it. Um Kick it to another rhythm. Now, this week they got Florida, but we shall see how that game plays out. Florida's going to be without their quarterback, too. So, this is how that game plays out. But let's get to my crazy six. Like I just said, their, crazy, their top six is Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, excuse me, Washington 4, Florida State 5, and, of course, Oregon is 6. Yeah, mines do not read like that. <laughs> like, I'll be honest with y'all. Um... So coming in at number one, like always, since I've been doing a crazy six, it's the Michigan Wolverines, man. They're 11-0. They play Ohio State this week in the big house. 
Michigan is the best team in college football. Just because in y'all hits, they haven't played anybody doesn't change the fact they have dominated every fucking body they have played. It doesn't change the facts. Michigan is the best football team in college. You can sit up here and get mad about the shit. You can talk about it. And, of course, I will talk about Ohio State and Michigan because I'll give y'all a heads up. It is my game of the week. And I'll talk about that. But for me personally, man, like I said last week, if Michigan was to lose to Maryland, it fucks the Big Ten because then if Michigan beats Ohio State, Ohio State's not getting into the Big Ten championship game because Michigan would take the crown from them, which means if Michigan wins the Big Ten championship, which they probably would, then what do you do? Because this is a terrible situation. But this weekend, it is the big game. It is game of the week. Like I just said, in their polls, they're two and three. But in my polls, Michigan is one, and it's easily seen. I don't know why people want to continue to act like because Ohio State beat Notre Dame, who at that time was good, but then has had a couple of blunders since then. And Ohio State also beat Penn State. But Michigan beat Penn State and beat them way more severely. Like, what are we talking about? The, the fact Michigan ran the ball 32 times in the second half, all of the offensive plays for Michigan in the second half against Penn State was running the ball. Ohio State can't do that shit. I saw Penn State versus Ohio State, and I saw Michigan versus Penn State. Penn State could have beat Ohio State. They could not touch Michigan. And that's without Jim Harbaugh. I'm just saying, Michigan is the best team in college football. I don't know why the fuck people keep lying to themselves to try to divert the questions. But when we see Saturday and we watch Saturday, then we have a whole different conversation about it. Which, And I'm going to be on here next Tuesday and look in the camera and say the same shit I've been saying. Michigan's a better fucking football team than Ohio State. Why the fuck were y'all surprised? <laughs> Why were you surprised? I don't get that shit. Anyway. Coming in at number two. Is the Georgia Bulldogs. I gotta give it to them. 11-0. Um, the last couple of weeks. Uh, have been better. Uh, <laughs> I'm good like that. Have been better. Um. I feel like if Georgia plays Alabama, they beat them without any without any sweat. They beat Alabama easily. They beat them convincingly, and they walk off with the SEC championship game trophy, and they go into the playoffs. And we're having a whole nother conversation about what if Georgia plays Michigan, and and that is really what it is because last year it was supposed to happen, and Michigan decided to shit the bed in the fucking semifinals against TCU. So we got gifted with the, the massacre in L.A. Because that shit was a fucking massacre. <laughs> like, yo, TCU should have just stayed there as a corporate Christie. <laughs> they could have just stayed in corporate Christie. They could have gave an award to Georgia. We could have just, we could have, we could have had a whole nother day. Like, we could have just like, yo, that whole Monday we was hyping ourselves up. We were like, yo, this game might be good. And then it didn't happen and we were like, I had shit to do. <laughs> I had shit to do. I had shit to do that day. I could have easily just went and go do it. This is fucking over by halftime. Like, what the fuck was this? 
the massacre in, in Cali was just a different type of energy. The massacre in SoFi was different. Um, yeah, I don't trust Alabama against Georgia this upcoming C- this upcoming SEC championship game. It's not gonna be good. I think Georgia's gonna just gut Alabama like a fish. I really do. Um, Georgia's number two team for me. No, they're not better than Michigan, and that's just me personally. I don't think they're better than Michigan. I feel like Georgia still, yes, even the last couple of weeks, even though they didn't have, uh, you know, the tight end um, for most of those games last the last couple of weeks, I still feel like they're still just one-dimensional. It's fuck on offense, and it's literally just him. It's tight ends. It's the tight ends. And I feel like when you play Michigan, you're going to have to little, do more than just that. And I think Michigan's offense can actually hurt. And by the time they play each other, if they do play each other in the championship game, Jim Harbaugh will be back, which means he will have his offense geared up and ready to play against a Georgia defense that for a lot of the season that people don't want to admit, you can kind of get Georgia. You can get that secondary. That secondary is not as great as it usually is. You can kind of get that secondary. Missouri got them. Tennessee kind of got to them a little bit. Like, it's a lot of teams that have got to that Georgia secondary, which people don't want to admit. So if you play against a Michigan that can run and have the offensive line like Michigan has and also can run the ball and also score, this is a little bit harder than it would seem. So to me, yes, Georgia's second, but they're not better than Michigan. And I think that is where a lot of people won't even admit that. But but that's why I'm here. I, I admit it. Third team in my polls. <sighs> Sorry, good ducks. Um, yes, I get it. They lost to Washington. But again, like I've always said about the Oregon Ducks. And again, this goes into what I've just said about Bo Nix. It's not a team award. Oregon as a team is amazing. But for what Oregon is, they're the third best team I've seen all year. They're just the third best team I've seen all year. Like, yes, even better than Washington. Washington after that Oregon game defensively kind of fell off. They fell off the cliff. In the last couple of weeks, they've kind of gotten back to it. But, yeah, man. I, I And I'm so I'm, – I'm not going to lie. I'm, like, a little, little pissed off that my, my brother Juan goes to, the, gets to go to the Pac-12 championship game, and he's going to get a chance to watch Oregon versus Washington. And all I'm going to do is just – Watch it on TV. <laughs> and my chance is like, I'm going to watch it on TV. Um, but, man, it, it, like, Oregon's a really good fucking team. Overall, they're a really good team. They're the third best team to me. They got a really interesting game against Oregon State coming up. That's going to be a really interesting fucking football game uh, this upcoming weekend. Um, and it's, the, it's Thanksgiving weekend. It's such a weird time. Yeah, it's such a it's such a weird time. But um but I think they play Friday? I think they play Friday Friday night. Oregon State versus Oregon. And I will be talking about it a little bit more, but to me, Oregon is third best team. Yes, I get it. They went to Washington and lost in a last second field goal, could have tied the game, went into overtime. But overall, Oregon's just been a better overall football team like they're just a better football team than what Washington has been which brings me to my fourth team which is Washington they are 11 and 0 the only team to beat Oregon this entire season Washington is getting better I, I will easily tell people that Oregon is getting uh, Washington is getting 
better defensively. Like I said, the Utah game in the second half, it, it like it finally clicked. Like, okay, we cannot let these dudes score on us again. And they didn't. And then when you watch the Oregon State game this past weekend, it was rainy, it was muggy, it was grimy, it was grit, it was determination, and they caused like three or four turnovers against Oregon State's offense, which is a really good fucking offense, and they caused like four turnovers. That defense is starting to wake up, and if that defense continuously wakes up, I kind of had to give it to Washington. Like, Washington might be the team. Now, of course, all of this plays into what I've been saying, which is, you know, what I've been saying is kind of like what happens um, what happens with the whole, you know, situation at hand. But for me, I like I've been saying, man, I'm looking at them trying to, like, create the chaos scenario. You know, Alabama beats Georgia. That shit ain't probably happening. But Florida State gets in. Florida State probably finishes undefeated. But playing against Louisville again with a backup, I don't think that's a good situation because you couldn't beat Louisville the first time you played them. That's not a good situation for Florida State going into the ACC championship game, I'll be honest with you guys. Um, Texas is probably going to win the Big 12 championship because I think they play – I don't know who the fuck Texas plays. I think Oklahoma State, I think, in the Big 12 championship game. And if Oregon beats Washington. So to me personally, I've been saying this for a while. And this is why I got this for this, this, like this. And they have Michigan beating Ohio State and being like, that's a, cra- a KI, uh, a, a, cra- uh, a crazy scenario. Is that a crazy scenario? That, that's obvious. Like, if, if all your, Michigan beats Ohio State, then they're going to probably win a Big Ten championship. That's not a, a chaos scenario. That's kind of obvious. Um, what the chaos scenario leans into is really what it goes into is this Will you put a Florida State team? who is 13-0, even though they won the AC championship game, would you put an undefeated Florida State team, knowing that they don't have that number one quarterback, into the college playoffs over a 12-1 Washington and a 12-1 Oregon? Because that's really what it boils down to. If Florida State does go undefeated, but you know they have a backup, and depending on how they look in these next two weeks, if they look bad against Louisville in the ACC championship game, and they look bad this Saturday against Florida. Do you put them in the, in the college playoffs championships? And to me, you can't do that. Even if they are undefeated, and I get it. They won the ACC. They should be in. But if they look that bad against lower competition, you're telling me they're better than Washington? Oregon, who probably beat each other? Yes, Oregon has the, the trophy, but Washington probably won out of Pac-12 regular season trophy. So it's just like, what are we talking about here? I just feel like that that's a that's a that's really what the scenario really boils down to. The Georgia Alabama thing is gonna work itself out. Michigan and Ohio State are gonna work themselves out. It really boils down to Florida State. It really just boils down to Florida State. If Florida State goes into these next two weeks and they have a dominant performance against Florida and then have a dominant performance against Louisville, then we're having a different conversation and it should be in the college playoffs. But if they go out and they don't look so well against Florida and then they really look bad against Louisville, you can't put them in. Even if they win the AC Championship game, you can't put them in. I'm sorry. You can't. I get it. Resume, blah, 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 blah. But even what what I said a long time about why Florida State isn't in my crazy six anymore, I don't know their identity. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they do. 
And they're not in my crazy six tonight, which brings me to team number five, and that is Ohio State. They are 11 and 0. And like I said, Saturday will determine what the fuck Ohio State is. Because if they go into the big house with no Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines and they get routed again for the third consecutive year in a row, I don't want you to hear shit about. I don't want to hear shit. I'm sorry. I don't want to hear shit about Ohio State. It was a time. I remember it was a time. I'll talk about that later. But there was a time when Ohio State was was the best team in the Big Ten. And like I said, I'll talk about that when I get to my game of the week, which is Ohio State and Michigan. But Ohio State is 11-0. Yes. The first, earlier in the season, when you could play that card of they played, you know, Notre Dame and they played Penn State and they played this team. When you could play that card, cool. But now you're about to play the team. You're about to play this team. This team, the team. If you can't beat Michigan, I saw earlier today they still had a, a, a thirty-three and a cha- thirty-three and a third chance. Shout out to Scott, Scott Steiner. They had a thirty-three and a third chance of getting into the college playoffs, even if they lose to Michigan. They ain't getting the fucking college playoffs if they lose to Michigan. I know last year was a little different because last year was very fucking chaotic. You had a lot of a lot of two losses, teams and shit like that. Not this year. You have a lot of one-loss teams. And if you lose to Michigan and you didn't even compete for the conference championship game, again, it goes to what I've been saying. It goes down to Florida State, Washington. That's really what it goes down to. Like, because if Florida State wins out and goes undefeated, but Washington loses to Oregon, and again, like a very hard-hitting, could have went any way, could have been – could have swung anyway. If it does that again, you have to put, to me, you have to put Washington in. Especially if Florida State doesn't dominate in against Louisville. Because, yes, the style test, yeah, you still be Louisville, but you didn't dominate. And I'm looking at this and I'm saying, you didn't dominate against Louisville. What the fuck makes me think you're going to beat Oregon? Which you're going to be the fourth seed. So you're playing either Michigan or Georgia the first week. And you're telling me that a Florida State team is going to be either Michigan or Georgia, that shit ain't happening. That shit ain't happening. Sorry, it ain't happening. So it really does boil down to what Ohio State does. And to me, Ohio State's got to figure out who the hell they are immediately. They're a pitch-and-catch team. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best receiver in the country. He probably is going top five in the draft. If I was, a, if I was an organization and I do have my guy, Chicago, I would take Marvin Harrison Jr. with number one. Fuck what everybody's talking about. I'm taking Marvin Harrison Jr. number fucking one and smiling to the fucking bank. Like, like, like I got Justin Fields. I got DJ Moore. I got, I got Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, we going to be rocking. We going to be dominant, bitch. What are you talking? We killing. We killing, killing. Yeah, man. If, I was, <laughs> if I'm Chicago, bro, when I got the number one pick, which is Carolinas, and they need a number one guy. Oh, my God. I'll be like, Justin Fields is still a Chicago Bear. <laughs> DJ Moore will be that guy. And we bring it in Marvin Harrison Jr. What? Man, oh, man, oh, man. Marvin Harrison Jr. is amazing. Number one receiver 
easily. But Ohio State's fifth. Like, I, I don't. I think people put too much stock into who you beat earlier in the year instead of looking at the overall plate of the entire teams. And that is, yes, Ohio State got better at the end of the year, but now they're playing absolutely no one. So that's why you look like that. They're playing nobody, playing Michigan State. And who else they play? They play, who the fuck they play? They struggle against Rucker, Rutgers. They struggle against Rutgers. I can't forget, I forget who they played last week. It wasn't Michigan State. Minnesota? It was some team, and they beat them down. So, yeah. But I gotta say it's fifth, man. And coming in at number six, like I said, Florida State is not in my top six, uh, my crazy six. But this team is, and I said it. They're going to win a Big 12, and that is Texas. Texas is number six. And, yes, I get it. If Alabama beats Georgia because they're the SEC champions, they're in the college playoffs. But Texas beat Alabama in Alabama. And this does go to what I just said. We look at earlier wins. If the teams suck now, no, the earlier wins don't matter. But when Alabama is now beating Texas, I mean beating Georgia in a college playoff championship game, an SEC championship game, and you're sitting up here telling me Alabama should be in front of Texas no matter what, that's a fucking lie. Like, no, Texas should be in front of Alabama no matter fucking what. The fuck are you talking about? Like, Texas went to Alabama and beat Alabama. Like, what are we talking about? These two teams are still good. Now, Notre Dame, who is barely in the top 20, but you want to count that as a victory for Ohio State, who, by the way, they struggled in that fucking game. But it's the craziest shit. Texas should be in front of Bama. And they're in front of Bama for me. Texas is in front of Bama for me. They're the sixth best team. Do I think they're really the sixth best team? Fuck no. I think Texas is very lucky, and they're very lucky to be in the position that they're in. But for what they have to accomplish, yeah, they're the sixth best team. I think their receiving core has gotten a little bit better. Teams have gotten a little bit better. But, man, I think that this team, all in all, man, uh, Texas, all in all, um, like I said, it's going to win the Big 12. It's kind of obvious. But they could lose it, too. They could lose a championship game, and then we're like, okay, now we have a a bigger problem, but to me, Texas is the sixth uh, team in college football to me, man. They're the six. All right, let's get into it. Like I said, <clears throat> my eyes on college football for week 13. Crazy, crazy, crazy week. This is, like I said, the final week of college football. Regular season next week will be the college uh, conference championship games. The conference championship games will be next week. I still do my crazy six and everything after that. Uh, and everything leading to college playoff week, uh, college playoffs, championship weeks and stuff, my uh, New Year's Six, all that stuff. So let's get into it. I'm still debating if I want to do like a like a whole college football pick them through all the bowl games. There's a, so many fucking bowl games. I might need my other, I might need my notepad for that. Like that might be like that shit is is so many. Um, but yeah, um. Let's get into it. Uh, Mines on college football week 13. My skeptical game of the week is Oregon State versus Oregon. Like I said, Oregon State 
is really fucking good. Um, even in that four turnover game, they still had a chance to beat Washington. They still had a chance. I mean, it was only 22 to 20. Uh, they still had a chance to beat Washington. They still had a chance to go in there and, and, and win the game at home. They didn't get it done. Um, but Oregon State's been a really good team for most of the year. You know, nothing too crazy. Um, I expect um, this game to be very, very, very hard-hitting. And I don't think Oregon just walks in and walks out. Like, I think it's it's going to be one of those games where Oregon's going to have to show up and show out in this game. Um, it's one of the – this is the last time that they will be Pac-12 opponents. Um, so even that brings a little bit more prestige to this game, a little bit more heavy hitting to this game. Um, of course, Oregon, everybody knows, will go to – will be going to the big um, – the Big Ten next year. Oregon State is still, I think, in a Pac-12. So they agree that they're still going to play each other next year. Um, in the next couple of years, they still they agree to they're still going to keep this civil rivalry going. But um, this is the last time that they're going to both be in a conference that it actually still matters. So I'm looking forward to this game. It's going to be pretty cool. Like I said, I think they play Friday, if I'm not mistaken, on Fox. Yeah, because they move smack down to, like, FS1. So, yeah, it's probably Friday night uh, on, Smack, uh, on Fox. But, yeah, it's going to be a pretty intriguing game, man. More so because what is – Oregon is getting, like, a, a massive test before you have to go play to, uh, play against Washington. And if you lose this game, you're pretty much out of the college playoffs. And it's not even – even if you beat Washington, now you just knock Washington and yourself out of the out of the opportunity to get into the college playoffs. So – it really does boil down to how this game goes. So this is about this kind of a skeptical game. Oregon State is a really good team. It's a rivalry game. It's a Civil War game. It's going to matter if who steps up and who plays hard. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to what this game is going to be. My most interesting game of the week is Florida State versus Florida. Um, again, in-state rivalry game, a massive game. I remember when this game used to be so Big man, I remember when I was a kid, and this game used to matter so much. Now it's like Florida State's good, but Florida sucks. <laughs> like, 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 Florida State's good, but Florida sucks. Like, this is a, a very interesting game. Florida, like I said, Florida State is without Jordan Travis, speedy recovery, my guy. Um, and Florida will be without their starting quarterback, uh, Graham, uh, Graham Mitz. I think it's his name, Mr., something like that. Um, yeah, so he's out for this game, too. So it's literally um, – which team can bounce back the fastest? I mean, like I said, Florida State might win this game. I think they can win this game, even though it's going to be in Florida, in Gainesville. But I think Florida State can win this game. Um, it really isn't this game that I'm really worried about more so. It's more about next week when they play Louisville in the ACC championship game because you could barely beat Louisville when you played them earlier in the year. So now you're playing them with actually something on the line. It's it's going to be a little – and with a backup, it's going to be it's gonna be a little bit more testy than uh than people want to give. But I do think this is going to be a most interesting game because it's an in-state robbery. And you don't want to lose, like I just said, about the Oregon State-Oregon game. It's an in-state robbery. It matters if you beat this team. It really, really does. My upset game of the week. 
is Alabama versus Auburn. Talk about it. In-state robbery. This game is always a, 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 a very shaky one. Because I don't care if Auburn sucks. I don't give a shit. If Auburn's 3-8, and eight, I don't give a fuck. They're going to give Alabama a game. It is. <laughs> They're going to fight, man. The Iron Bowl for the last couple of years have always been a very tricky game for Alabama. Even last year. You know, they, they it was it was a very tricky game, man. And Auburn, don't look up. Auburn's offense, ever since they played, like, LSU, that offense, and, well, Ole Miss, really. Ever since they played, you know, certain teams, that offense has actually put up some points. Like, last week, I think they played Arkansas and put up, like, 49 points. Like, what the fuck was that? Like, I was like, wait, 49 points? What the fuck is that? Auburn could score now. It's a it's a weird thing. So I don't think they beat Alabama, but it is definitely an upset because it if out of all of these games I just said, this is the game that really does feel like a game that everybody's like, oh Alabama got this. I'm not so fucking sure they do. I don't think they do. It's in Auburn, which is a very shaky place to play for Alabama, especially when you already are mentally focused on what the fuck next week is. And if you come out with that that idea of we already got Georgia, we're going to whoop their ass, we're going to go to Georgia, and we're going to play them, and we're going to beat their ass. If you come out with that idea, you're probably going to lose. And that is why I feel like this is the most interesting game and plus the most upsetting game because anything could happen, and I've watched this rivalry since I was a kid. Anything could fucking happen in this rivalry. Anything. Especially this game. In Auburn, anything can happen. So that is why this is my upset game of the week. And, of course, like I said, I've been saying it. And I'm going to continue to say it. Game of the week is clearly obvious. It's Ohio State versus Michigan. Excuse me. Man. This game, I said this earlier, and I was about to start on it, but I never really got into it. So when I was young, this rivalry, man, was so important. I remember 2000, let's say six. Yeah, 2006. Ohio State was the number, I want to say, two team in the country. Are the number one team in it? No, they were number two team in the country, and Michigan was number one. And they were hyping it up as the game of the century. And Michigan at the time had one of my favorite running backs in college football. He didn't pan out in the NFL, but it is what it is. But one of my favorite college football running backs ever was a guy named Mike Hart from Michigan. One of my favorite running backs. I had college football on uh, PlayStation 2. Man, when I had Michigan, that was the guy I used to give the ball to all the time. Run the fuck out the ball, bro. And Ohio State had 
Troy Smith. And some other, I forgot who else they had. They had like a, a top tier running back too. I can't remember who, who it was. But they hyped this game up as the game of the century. And I was a Michigan fan. Still am. And I was like, you got to beat these niggas. You got to beat their ass. And Ohio State beat them. <laughs> beat them. Michigan's had seasons where they just sucked. And they were never going to be on Ohio State's level. And it was like that for a good t- a bit of time. No matter what, Ohio State just had Michigan's number. When they had Urban Meyer, they had Michigan's number. Jim Trestle, they had Michigan's number. <laughs> like, And then they get this guy, Ryan Day. And he has not done that. Matter of fact, Michigan has actually been better with Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh could not beat Urban Meyer. He wipes the floor with Ryan Day. I know. He's not going to be on the sideline this weekend. But he's still in practice. He's still putting the game plans together. You ain't stop shit. All you did was just tell him that he can't be at the game. That's it. That's literally what you told him. You can't be at the game. But you can still be in practice. You can still put the game plans together. You can still the what the, you can still motivate your team. The fuck was the suspension for? This is the game of the week. But again, Michigan's better than Ohio State. If you tell me that Ohio State is gonna be Michigan. I would not be surprised if they could get him this season because Jim Harbaugh is not there. But at the same time, I'm not stupid. It's like, I'm not, I'm not stupid. I see how Michigan has played Ohio State the last couple of years, and that is run the ball, control the clock, beat them down. And when the offense get on the field, hit their ass. This quarterback is not Justin Fields. This quarterback is not C.J. Stroud. He ain't that. I don't think he could run like that. I haven't really seen a lot of Ohio State games like that this year. But I'm I'm just very – and plus on top of that, Michigan's going to design a defense that's going to try to limit. Not Now, it's going to be hard as fuck because Marvin Harrison Jr. is one of the best receivers in college football. So it's going to be hard as fuck to limit that dude. But they're going to find a way to get that away from them. It's game of the week for a reason. Because it's a moment where we, as fans, see if the NCAA was right to suspend Jim Harbaugh. And see, when you take away their advantage, they look like this. Or if they were completely fucking wrong. And that is, no matter what, Michigan is just a better fucking team with a head coach or without a head coach. That's just a better fucking team. It has nothing to do with Ohio State. This game has nothing to do with Ohio State. It's literally brought it down to, was the NCAA right to suspend Jim Harbaugh? Because the moment they played somebody on their level, competition-wise, They couldn't win. 
They couldn't adjust. They couldn't do anything. But then the moment they played a team on that level, look how they look. See, Michigan should not be in the college playoffs. They cheated. They should never be in the college playoffs ever again. But if it goes the way I think it will go, which is Michigan dominates Ohio State, then it's like, oh, oh, shit. No, Michigan's fucking good. Like, it doesn't matter if they had signs or not, signs stealing or not. The motherfuckers are just good. They're just better than Ohio State. They're probably better than a lot of the teams in college football. This has nothing to do with Ohio State. This is literally if NCAA was right to suspend Jim Harbaugh for some bullshit or if then no matter what, just Michigan was just better than them. I think it's going to be the latter. I think, uh, me personally, I think it's just Michigan is just better than Ohio State. But you had to make up some fucking idea in your head to have this be that way. Do your thing. But I think Michigan beats Ohio State. Now, before I get into my big four of the NFL and my levels of warning in the NFL, I got to, of course, get into it. So last night, was um, the game of the year to a lot of people, which was Kansas City versus Eagles. Now, I will talk about that in a little bit of depth, more so when I get into my levels of warning, of course, my big four, clearly. Um, what I feel about last night's game? I thought the Eagles would be more aggressive in a pass rush. Uh, especially early in the game, and when I saw the first drive for Kansas City, and I saw Hassan Reddick <laughs> come off that side on uh Jawan Taylor, and he hit Patrick Mahomes didn't even see him. Like he didn't even fucking see him. Like he literally is looking like this. Usually Patrick Mahomes sees this motherfucker. He sees him. He turned, and immediately as he turned his head, Hassan Reddick <laughs> hit his ass. He was like, what the fuck was that? Like, why? Like, why? Like, he hit his ass so fast. Like, he was like, what the fuck was that? Like, what was that? Like, Joe Taylor was like, let me get you up, bro. Like, 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 he hit him so fucking fast. The first half... Kind of went according to plan. I actually expected it to be a little bit closer, but I expected the first half to go Kansas City's way. A lot of Kansas City was going to run, try to get these misdirections, try to get Travis Kelsey a little bit more open. The defense of Kansas City was going to be dominant, kind of get to Jalen Hurts a little bit more, kind of didn't expect five sacks in the first fucking half, but I expected them to get maybe two or three. I expected it. That's kind of what I expected. Um, and in the second half, like I said to my brother Juan, we did the Wednesday show. Then the second half is going to kick off, and the Eagles are going to dominate. And it's the exact little way it went. The Eagles dominated in the second fucking half. My problem with people that keep telling you to sit up here, and I watched this you know, sports shows all this fucking week, all day today, about this game. I've seen every sports show from the Herd with Colin, uh, with Colin Kyle Herd to get up, to first take, to, to all these shows, you know what I'm saying? And 
what I took away from this game last night is simply this. It's exactly what the fuck I've been saying for the entire fucking year. And I'll talk about that more in depth when I get into my levels of warning. And I talk about it when I get into my big four. But it's exactly what I expected. Kansas City is just not that team. Just not that team. And people can get mad at it, which I understand. People can get mad at it. But Kansas City is just not that team. And I think people that are, 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 are trying to figure it out and continuously trying to figure it out, continually scream this, I think for, for people that are, are, are continuously trying to make up some reason, and this is what got me pissed off today. I saw people say the Eagles still have another year. It's been, you know, 12 weeks. Why haven't they hit that gear yet on offense? But then when you talk about Kansas City, it's like they can still fix it. They still got something to fix. They could, The receivers just got to catch the ball. The receivers just got to catch the ball. <laughs> what? What? Really? That's why is it World War Three for the Eagles and oh my god, they still can't figure the offense out. They sucked uh, that I still think the 49ers, if they play the 49ers, they'll be the 49ers is better than the Eagles. It's like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? Which brings you to that? It's just like which brings you to that situation where it's like, now that the 49ers are healthy, they're the best team in football again. Like, no, nigga, I'm not about to sit up here and tell y'all that the 49ers are the best team in football. It's been before they got healthy. We're just gonna block out the first, the last three weeks before the bye week, and they got everybody back. Where Brock Purdy looked like a last pick in the fucking draft. This is the dumbest shit on the planet. Like I don't understand how people get their jobs and keep their fucking jobs. Like we already have seen, we've seen the 49ers for the last couple of weeks when they didn't have Brock Purdy and they didn't have when they had Brock Purdy. With no Debo Samuel and no Trent Williams. He looked like the last pick in the fucking draft. That defense, like I said, when they got Chase Young, is amazing. Great pass rush. When you start playing Detroit, when you start playing Philly, that could kind of run the ball and do enough to make that pass rush kind of non-existent. What do you do? Because that's coming. As good as that pass rush can be, what if they ain't got to run past – what if you can't get them on the field because their liabilities in the run game, which Nick Bosa is a liability in the run game. Chase Young is a liability in the run game. When you start playing teams like Detroit and you start playing teams like the Eagles that can – and Baltimore, when you're playing teams like that that can actually run the fucking football, it's actually worse than what you think. And also you're putting your quarterback in a position now that he's got to get on the field and he's got to make a play. Which is Brock Purdy's. That's not his specialty. He's not a get on the field and make a play right now type of guy. He needs a lot of shit to formulate for him to be that guy. And for me personally, that's where I feel like a lot of people are lying to themselves. The 49ers, I don't give a shit that they beat the Jags and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't trust the Jags, and I damn sure don't trust the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So for the people to sit up here now and say they're back. 
and they're the best team in, in football. You niggas are just saying shit now. Like, it is ridiculous. Like, that is that is the most ass-backwards fucking analogies I've ever seen in my life. Thursday night football uh, was, was, oh, my God, so bad to watch that game. Um, all the injuries that happened around that time. Oh, my God, man. Um, Mark Andrews getting injured. It sucked. Um, it sucked. Um, but Joe Burrow being out for the year now and that is that is you know I am a Cincinnati fan I'm a fan of Joe Burrow since LSU um Cincinnati season anything can happen it's football anything can happen I'm not gonna sit up here like like it can't anything can happen but at the same time Joe Burrow um being out for the year Even at five and five, Cincinnati's a lost cause. They don't have uh now now again, I'm, I haven't seen Jake Browning in a full football NFL football game yet. So maybe he he maybe does learn a lot from Joe Burrow. Maybe Cincinnati's offense isn't in that of a shamble as we think they can they might be in. But at the same time, also, you played against Baltimore. That's a hard-ass team to try to beat out the gate with no prep, no no reps, no nothing. That's a hard team to try to beat Um, regardless. So, you know, um, so anything can happen with Cincinnati. But, man, losing Joe Burrow, that's a massive – that's a massive loss. I'm I'm not going to sit up here and try to sugarcoat that shit. That's a fucking massive fucking loss, man. Um, and speaking of the AFC North, Pittsburgh finally did the impossible. They fired, <laughs> they fired their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. Now I've said this numerous times on here. I've said it again and I said it, said it again. Matt Canada, when he was the LSU office coordinator, was the worst office coordinator I've ever seen in my life. The dude could barely call plays. Like you have Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Leonard Fournette, and your ass could not call one simple play to get us down the football field. That shit was terrible. Being an LSU fan when Matt Canada was the offensive coordinator, I wanted to shoot the TV every fucking Saturday because I knew with these weapons, we are never going to win a championship. <laughs> I knew that from the moment this motherfucker was there. After a while, you're just like, bro, like, Fire him. Like you, like, you get to a point where you just, like, you're watching this shit, and you're like, fire him. Fire him. <laughs> like, fire him now. So I get it, Pittsburgh fans. I was in your shoes a couple years ago in my life. When I was a young teenager, when I was a teenager, and that motherfucker was the head officer coordinator at LSU Tigers with less miles. I was like, yo, what the fuck? We have Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Leonard Fournette on offense. And we're mustering up 17 points in college football with that offense. Are you fucking kidding me? So I get it. Matt Cannon got fired today by Pittsburgh. Thank the Lord. I think Mike Tomlin, yes, he needed to make the decision. But I also feel like, you know, Cincinnati's pretty much out of it. Cleveland has no offense, and he knows that. He just played them, and they lost. And, yes, I agree with Dan Arlowski, what he said yesterday. 
which is Pittsburgh called that game not to lose. They didn't call it to win. They called it not to lose. And you can't do that in the NFL when you have more games where you're more so concerned on if we're going to actually lose. You're more worried about losing it because of the offense doing something that's against your nature than what the hell the offense actually is. Kenny Pickett isn't a bad quarterback. He isn't. You just haven't seen him yet play in a position where he needs to be that guy. And I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I saw him last year in certain games late last year. He was the guy. He played amazing football. You know, the Thanksgiving game against, you know, Oakland last year. Or was it Christmas? Christmas game against Oakland, uh, the Raiders last year. When he had to make the plays, he made the plays. And it feels like right now it's getting to the point where I don't think that the Steelers would, would Kenny Pickett, they felt like he can make them plays. And that's a – when you have no faith in your damn quarterback, he's supposed to be your franchise quarterback, and you have no faith in him winning games like that, that's a problem. That's a massive problem. So you had to fire him because the offense was literally getting worse every fucking year that he was there. Scoring, yards, you getting outgained. You're six and four because Mike Tomlin is that fucking head coach. We gotta stop playing on that man's name. Like he ain't one of the greatest head coaches in fucking football. But he found a way. This team is six and fucking four and got outgained in every fucking game they've been in. And they are six and four. It was clearly Matt Canada's fault. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I ain't had to be a mind reader. I don't have to watch every Steelers game. That is clearly Matt Canada's fault. Like, what the fuck? You're six and four, and your offense can barely do anything. By the way, this is what I've been saying. I said it last year, and I'll say it again this year. I've been saying it since I said it. You can ask my brother why. Pittsburgh has the same problems that Dallas had. Now, Dallas sucks this year because they can't run the ball. But I said this last year about Dallas, and I said again this year about Pittsburgh. And I said it about Pittsburgh last year, too. Jalen Warren is a better running back right now than Najee Harris. He fits that offense more than what Najee Harris does. I'm not saying you should get rid of Najee Harris. But if you could flip him, you should probably think about trading him. Because I think Jalen Warren fits that offense so much better. But at the same time, the NFL is what they are, is a two-headed running back monster. Now, if Najee Harris could give you the same production that as Jalen Warren is giving you, then keep him. Because I think the next couple of weeks, that's pretty much what this offense is about to be. The one thing about the last couple of games for Pittsburgh that you're starting to realize is that they can run the fuck out the football. That's the one thing you're starting to realize about the Pittsburgh Steelers. They can run the ball. And if that is the case, you got to run the ball. And you got to use both of them. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that's going to look like. Now, let's get into it, man. The big four of the NFL, to me, after week 11, um, coming in at number one, it's kind of obvious, it's the Eagles. They're 9-1. and one. Like I said yesterday, they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, my problem with a lot of people is that, and I've even been on here and said this, I need to see the Eagles get back to this dominant offense. I need them to give me the 45 points a game and I'll, you know, just A.J. Brown, 200 yards, Devontae Smith, you know, 
150. De- De- DeAndre Swift with 200 rushing yards. Jalen Hurts with 400 passing and 100 on the ground. Like, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys, too. But I'm starting to realize something about the Eagles. And I heard Jalen Hurts say, we still haven't had our level yet. We still could play better. But I'm starting to realize something about the Eagles. And, and I think it, it took me a while to understand this. And I think it, it really clicked last night. And that is... And that is the Eagles are nine and one, and yes, they haven't hit that that level yet that we know they can hit. I'm starting to think I don't think they need to. I don't think they need to. I don't think they need to score have those types of games where Jalen Hurts has like 450 yards and 100 yards on the ground, and I don't think the Eagles need to. I think that's how good they are that they don't need to do that. And I know it sounds crazy to say that, but it's true. I don't think the Eagles need to do that. I don't think they need to have those types of games because they're winning these games. They're playing up to the competition. And the offense isn't super great, let's be real. The offense isn't, you know, dominating. But it doesn't change the fact that they're 9-1 and one and they have found a way to win in every fucking game they've been in. The only game they lost is to the Jets. And that was more so a performance because the offense turned the ball over like four fucking times. But I'm starting to realize that the Eagles might not ever hit that level. And they still might get to the Super Bowl. And still might win it. Like, that's the craziest thing. Like, they might get to like, people don't understand that. Like, they might get to the Super Bowl, win it, without ever having to hit that level of dominance. Because they are that fucking good. Like, the difference between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles is they can turn it on when they need to. Kansas City can't. That is why I feel like the Eagles are just ahead and shoulders above everybody. And I'm not saying that the offense can't get good eventually. I'm not saying the offense can't step it up to another level. I'm not saying the offense can't do it. But for what the Eagles have to do to win these games, I saw them play against Dallas and they scored 28 points. I saw them play last night and they scored 21. A win is a win. Like everybody, every sports fan know. If I win by one point, I win by 100. Bitch, I won. <laughs> I, I, I still won. I don't care. And the Eagles feel like that. They have the talent. We know they have the talent. They have the ability. We know they have the ability. But the defense last night showed that they can play against any team. Yeah, Kansas City helped them out. But the Eagles defense is starting to grow up and get better. And to me, to watch them play last night and know they scored 14 unanswered points in the second half when Jalen Hurts had five sacks. (laughs) Five sacks in the first half against them. He threw a pick. Didn't throw a passing touchdown the entire game. And the Eagles are now sitting at 9-1. And they go home for two games straight. Just Buffalo and the 49ers. Good fucking luck to those teams. Coming in at number two. Boy, did they scare me Sunday. Lord Jesus. Uh, and that is the Detroit Lions. They are 8-2. and two. 
uh, this season. Of course, they play Thursday night. I mean, Thursday. I shouldn't say Thursday night. Thursday, the first game on Thanksgiving. Tradition, of course. Um, they're 8-2, and they're playing against the Green Bay Packers on Thursday night. Uh, Thursday. Oh, my God. Thursday football. Thanksgiving football. Um, yeah, playing Green Bay. Um, what do I think of this game? Like I said, Sunday had me scared a little bit, man. They played against Chicago. Uh, Justin Fields was 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 that dude. Uh, like Justin Fields is that dude. Um, came back, ran a ball. Uh, was killing them in the run game. Um, also Detroit helped them out with like Jared Goff through like what three had three turnovers, four turnovers in that game. The Detroit Lions had four turnovers in that game. Literally, if you look at the time of possession, it fucking doubled. Like, it was like 40 to 19. Like, it was like 40 to 19. Like, it was it was 40 to like 20. Like, it was it was a dominant performance. And the, the Chicago should have won that game. With four minutes to go in that game, Detroit scores 17 unanswered points. They were down 14 to 26, down 12. They went on a, a win. And scored 14 unanswered, no, 17 unanswered points. And I'm sitting up here saying, yeah, they're the second best team in the college, in the NFL. I don't know who the fuck told you that not. I don't know who lied to you. Detroit's the second best team in the, in the NFL. Like I said, I saw on the, I saw on the, I saw on the, like I said, today, uh, Stephen A. Smith did his uh his his five teams he thinks is good. And Detroit was the fifth team on that list. And I'm like, are you fucking crazy, kid? Like, Detroit, I get it. Because Detroit is it was one of those franchises that you just don't believe will ever be that franchise, that great, that, you know, that changing of the guard franchise. I get it. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of times with people, you sit here and you and you say, because the franchise looked this bad for all of my life. I can't support when they are doing really well. Detroit's 8-2. Let's be real. If Philly drops any of these games in the next couple of weeks, they will be the number one seed in the NFC. To me, you cannot have Detroit be the number one seed in the NFC. Because that offense, with, combined with that ability that they have, with a Jameer Gibbs and a David Montgomery, <laughs> like... You're like, you got so many weapons. Uh, uh, Mari St. Brown, uh, uh, Jameson Williams, who's starting to kind of kick it into another gear. Uh, Sam Laporta, who is one of the best rookie type shit. What am I kidding? He's probably one of the best tight ends in the league already. And I'm sitting up here and I'm looking at this and I'm saying to myself, as, as good as the 49ers look now and Dallas and Detroit is the second best team in the NFC. Reason why is because if they play Philly, Philly's going to have to outscore the the Detroit Lions. They cannot go into that game thinking, oh, we could just score 28 and we're going to win this game. No, Detroit is a good offensive team. They can figure things out. And I think Detroit would beat the Philadelphia Eagles, the 49ers, and the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think anybody wants to sit up here. But I will – Give the Eagles this because the Eagles is they have the experience, and that's the one thing. But if you ask me over Jared Goff or Dave Prescott, Jared Goff, 
You asked me Jared Goff or Brock Purdy. Jared Goff. While we're sitting there having conversations. This is kind of obvious. So to me, Detroit is the second best team in the league. I don't know why people want to sit up here and lie, but I'm not one of those people. Coming in number three, they're eight and three, which is the Baltimore Ravens. Like I said, they lost Mark Andrews on Thursday Night Football. They said that he could come back at the end of the year. Now, after the game, it was literally like his season is over, and now they're saying he could actually come back um, at some point during the season, maybe the playoffs. I don't know. But um, they go to uh, SoFi Stadium against the Chargers is upcoming uh, Sunday night. God, I wish they flexed that game out. Uh, <laughs> I wish they flexed that game. I'll be honest with you guys. Um, I think Baltimore is uh, the best team in the AFC. They have now the number one seed after Kansas City losing to Philly over the week uh, yesterday. Um, I saw people immediately being like, I think Kansas City is still going to figure out to get the number one seed. They're not getting the number one seed, especially with Baltimore, man. That's a two, that's two of a that's that, that team is too damn good. Um, that team is too damn good. Baltimore, yes, without Mark Andrews, it sucks. It sucks without bought without Aunt Mark Andrews gonna suck. But this is what you've been prepping for for the last couple of you know weeks. Is this is why you bought in the receiving core you bought in Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman. Zay Flowers. And if you actually watch Thursday night, when Mark Andrews went down, Odell Beckham still uh, – Odell Beckham had 100 yards of receiving that game. You know, Rashad Bateman caught a touchdown pass, which was crazy. And this, uh, Nelson Aguilar caught a touchdown pass. Zay Flowers could fill in for what Mark Andrews does. Uh, Isaiah Likely, who last year was torching motherfuckers. Now is going to be the guy. He's going to have to step it up and do that, that be more of that situational guy for them. And I think he can be. Um, I don't really fear that Baltimore is going to fall off a cliff or anything. I think Baltimore is going to be ready for whatever comes. Um, they're 8-3. Like I said, they play against the Chargers this Sunday. It's a dub. Let's be real. It's a fucking dub. Um, that's a win. That's a fucking win. You think the Chargers defense would now know Joey Bosa? can beat the Baltimore Ravens is is crazy. Um um but yeah Baltimore to me eight and three and they're the best team in the AFC. I don't think anybody's gonna sit up here and tell me that they're not the best team in the AFC. That is crazy to say. They have the defense, they have the offense they have the head coach. They have a team. So, yeah, Baltimore's third to me. Fourth on this list. And last team on my big four. Yes, is the record pretty? No. But to sit up here and tell me that this team isn't good. You're crazy. And that to me is the Houston Texans at six and four. Call me a prisoner of the moment. Call me a guy that, you know, whatever. But Houston is amazing. 
to me, they're the second best team in the AFC. I get it. What about Kansas City? What about Miami? Jags, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Since, yeah, heard you all. Got it. Figured out. Thank you. Yeah, Tennessee, the Houston Texans are the best team in freaking freaking football. Are you kidding me? Have you not seen Houston the last couple of months? Like the last month and a half? Like this this damn team is amazing. C.J. Stroud has put himself. He's one rookie of the year. Let's get that shit out the way. Um, he's one rookie of the year. The question is, is the Houston Texans ready to take that next leap? Now, do I think Houston is going to the AFC Championship game? Fuck no. Are you kidding me? But what my eyes are showing me is that the Houston Texans have their shit more together than the Bills, than the Chiefs, than the Steelers, than the Browns. Then the Bengals. Then the Jags. They got this shit together. And Sunday is going to be the telltale game of all. Because if, let's say, Houston somehow, someway wins against the Jags, which I was listening to the sports radio today here in Houston, and they said something which I kind of knew already, but which is Trevor Lawrence has only beaten the Houston Texans once since he's been the starting quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Houston is 4-1 against the, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that is before they got D'Amico Ryans. They were 3-1 before they got C.J. Sharp and D'Amico Ryans. So now that you have a stable head coach and a stable quarterback, and you had a demolition derby against the Jaguars in Jacksonville, where's my faith in Houston that they're going to win this game? I mean, where's my faith in Jacksonville that they're going to win this game against Houston this Sunday? I have no idea why people are this delusional. If Houston beats the Jags, which I think they will, Houston takes the AFC South, which means somebody's coming to Houston during the playoffs. Good fucking luck. (laughs) Good fucking luck. Now, let's get into it. Now, there's a lot of teams I could have put in my levels of warning this upcoming week. I'm not going to sit up here and lie. There's a lot of teams. But there's three teams that I wanted to talk about. You already know how I do this. Yellow is caution. Orange is panic time. And red is just DOA. Just dead on arrival. So, let's get into it. Coming in. Yellow my caution team for this upcoming week is the 7-3 Miami Dolphins. Now, Miami played against the Raiders. They won. Miami beat the Raiders. They beat them. But it's how they beat them. 20-13? That's it? That's it? 20 to 13, and you are at home, and the Raiders' offense looked absolutely terrible. They couldn't move the ball. And you beat them 20 to 13 at home? This is why it's a little bit disturbing that right now it feels like Miami is coming back down to another level. 
Now, maybe this is a time where the defense that you've been screaming that needs to kick it into another gear, maybe this is the time where the defense takes over for the franchise until his offense kind of gets their momentum back. But I've seen situations like this, and it feels like Miami right now is starting to become a caricature of what they were earlier in the season. Now you're starting to play teams that can kind of match what your offense is. And they now know how to stop your offense. And you just scored 20 points at home against the Raiders. I have more more of a, oh, that's not a good situation for you, than what other people probably would. Again, this is starting to become, this is starting to become, a very, very problematic situation for Miami because now your defense is going to have to probably bail you out a lot of these games. And the AFC East isn't as over as everybody continues to think it is. Buffalo can, and here's the thing, they play Philly this upcoming week, but if Buffalo somehow some way does turn over, turn around that offense, they can beat Miami in Miami. And then... What is Miami? You go back to the wild card situation, and you don't want to be the wild card. I'm telling you now, you don't want to be the wild card. So, yeah, Miami is definitely in my caution. My panic time, my orange, is another 7-3 team, which is the Kansas City Chiefs. I told you I'd get to them. Let's get this shit out the way. Kansas City sucks offensively, and it's because of Eric Bieniemy not being there. I said this during preseason. I said this with my brother Juan. We did predictions. I said Kansas City is going to suck this year offensively because Eric Bieniemy is not there. They have struggled this entire fucking season. Like I said, I don't like the fact that the at NFL analysts still feel like Kansas City is going to turn it around. It's been 12 fucking weeks. They haven't turned it around. Can we stop acting like they're going to just wake up one day and be like, oh, shit, the receivers can catch football tonight. That drop last night from Marcus Valdez Scantlin isn't the first time that a fucking receiver dropped the ball when it was really time for them to catch the fucking ball. Let's be real about this. Travis Kelsey dropped a fucking pass on third and two. And he went for it on fourth. But he dropped the ball on third and two. When the fuck is the last time you ever heard Travis Kelsey drop the football on a third and two man-to-man coverage? Nobody over the top, just him and, a, him, and him and his defender. This isn't just a thing now. This is this is a real situation. And I heard everybody still say it's fixable. You've been saying that shit for like thir- for 11 fucking weeks now. It ain't fixable. This is the third now time that this season that they have not scored in the second. Third straight game they haven't scored in the second half. One time is a, the Denver game. Okay, cool. The Denver game is one thing. The Miami game in Germany? All right, cool, whatever. But you come off of a bye. Andy Reid comes off of a fucking a fucking bye, and that offense still looks like that. 
Maybe it's not Andy Reid. Maybe it was Eric Bieniemy all these years. Maybe Eric Bieniemy was just scheming people open. Holy shit, look at that. He probably was the better offensive mind between the two. I said it. Fuck it. Because I didn't see Eric Bieniemy go against the Eagles for two games this season with Washington. Yes, does Washington have better offensive weapons? Yeah, but that offensive line is terrible. And I still seen Washington put up three, put up 30 fucking points against that Eagles defense. Kansas City scored 17 points in the first half and didn't score again. Why are we acting like this is now, like it's nothing? Like it's just, like they're going to fix this. The receivers are dropping the ball and it's at a now a dangerous rate because now you're dropping game-winning touchdowns. Like I said, Eric Bieniemy figured out a way. People forget by week 12 last year when they played the 49ers, who at that time was that defense with D'Amico Ryans, they went to the 49ers and put up 48 fucking points on the 49ers defense in San Francisco. With Juju Smith-Schuster, Sky Moore, Marcus Valdez-Scanlon, Kadavius Tony, and McCole Hartman, and Travis Kelsey. They put up 48 points against the San Francisco 49ers last year. By week 12, they had already figured out this offense. It is week 12. And we're still sitting up here saying... They're going to fix it. They're not fixing this. Can the receivers catch a little bit more? Yeah, they could catch. But teams have now realized. Stop them on first and second. Make it a long third. Double Travis Kelsey. Maybe even triple. Make these receivers have to catch. What's going to happen in the next couple of weeks is now teams are going to start playing bump and run coverage on these receivers. Like I said with the Eagles, for the Eagles, it's like, oh, I don't know. 49ers are still a better team than the Eagles. No, they're not. The fucking Eagles are playing exactly the way they need to win these games. Kansas City is in a very bad situation. And people still keep screaming, well, last year, this ain't fucking last year. They have a completely different dude calling plays. Matt Nagy. Offense in Kansas City right now looks like the offense he had in Chicago when he was the head coach. A lot of non-open motherfuckers. They all running the same route. And this is the difference. This is the greatest part. You have Patrick Mahomes. You have Mitchell Trubisky. What's the fucking problem? What are you doing? Something that was said this morning, and I agree. Eventually, you're going to have to have a one-on-one guy. That is not named Travis Kelsey. Somebody's got to win these these games, win their routes, win their coverage one-on-one. Eventually, a lot of this offense is scheming. It's schematics. And the fact of the matter is Kansas City, schematics, scheme, whatever, is terrible right now. 
because of Matt Nagy. Again, I saw Andy Reid. I saw Eric being to me in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes didn't get hit. He didn't take any sacks. Last night, you can't say that. And the receivers always found a way to get open. Look at last night. Y'all keep screaming. Kansas City is going to wake up and they're going to figure it out. Eric Bieniemy made that offense. You can hate it. You could you could go against it. Andy Reid made that offense. Okay. Well, if he made that offense, why it looked like that offense ain't got better? Did not get better during a bye week, which Andy Reid is so great at. The man barely loses off of bye weeks. That offense looked absolutely terrible in the second half. Like, the Eagles made adjustments, but they didn't. And I get it, you're winning. But even in that sense, you did nothing different in the second half. It was the Eagles, easy for the Eagles to come back. You didn't change shit. Keep saying Kansas City's going to figure it out. Keep saying it. Don't keep saying that shit during the offseason. When they're at home, watching the Super Bowl, like us. Red. DOA. I could have put a lot of teams in this DOA. Could have put the Steelers. Could have put the Bengals. Could have put a lot of teams in DOA. But I went with my trusty favorite, and that is the Chargers. Listen. <laughs> Listen. Chargers, four and six. The reason why the Chargers are my DOA team is literally because the head coach is getting fired uh, Saturday, uh, Sunday after the Ravens game. And I've been saying fire his ass for like two years. Um, <laughs> I've been saying fire his ass for like two years. I, f- I said fire his ass after the Jacksonville game. I'm like, how the fuck you lose when you were up 28 to 3? How do you lose a game when you're up 28 to 3? <sighs> okay. He goes to the podium. Sunday after losing to the Green Bay Packers. He literally goes to the podium. He starts screaming at these people. And and, and he's like, I call the plays. I call the defensive plays. If you call the defensive plays, you suck, sir. Like, you are terrible at your job. Holy shit. Um, Listen, man. As good as Justin Herbert is, they're going to keep giving him bullshit-ass head coaches. His career is going to end up like Phillip Rivers, which is obvious. He doesn't have the head coach. He probably would never get the head coach. Maybe they do give the job to Kellen Moore during, all, during the season at some point when they finally do decide to say, you know what, we probably just need to fire Brandon Staley and get to think about what our options are. Um, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know, but – what I do know is this. The Chargers need to fire this head coach. It's over. You're not coming back. Uh, there was a time where I actually thought the Chargers could maybe probably, yeah. But not no more. 
Um, this defense is not getting better. Your schedule is actually about to get tougher, not easier. And I don't think you have the ability to actually overcome your defenses, defensive deficiencies. And like I just said, now Joey Bosa's out. Joey Bosa is out for at least the next couple of uh, weeks because now he's on IR. So it's just like this team is done. The Chargers have – if they lose Sunday, then great for the Chargers because now they can finally sit here and say maybe we should give the chance, job to Kellen Moore and see what he can do. And let's see if Kellen Moore can be a head coach in the NFL because that was really what this whole situation is predicated on. That's why Mike McCarthy fired Kellen Moore last year because he knew his job was up for grabs and Kellen Moore kept uh, the offense moving the way it was moving. But I feel like a lot of people that maybe don't understand that the Chargers job is great if you can figure out the offense. The defense right now is terrible. It's bad. It's bad. They got to get a real good defensive coordinator. Now, if Keller Moore, like I said, comes in, maybe he does come in and he's a great offensive mind, but he can't do like Josh McDaniels. He can do a lot of great offensive things. He's just not a leader of men, and that can also be the thing. So, for me personally, man, the Chargers right now are DOA. They're 4-6. Like I said, Sunday, they play the Ravens in SoFi. If they lose that game, your season's pretty much over. Um, you're not winning the AFC West. You're not, coming, not catching Kansas City, no matter how bad Kansas City is, because Denver and the Raiders have more of a, of a, of a um, structural situation than you do. Which is kind of funny because I picked the Chargers to be the fourth team in the AFC West. And right now, my prediction is kind of coming true. So, <laughs> listen, I've, like I've always said about the Chargers, man, I've seen the Chargers franchise go from Drew Brees to Phillip Rivers. Have guys like Antonio, uh, Antonio Gates, Antonio Gates, um, Quinn Jammer, Antonio Clamardi, Sean, Sean Merriman, the Larry Gray, Vincent Jackson, um, <laughs> Darius Sproles, LaDainian Tomlinson. I didn't see these motherfuckers have all these weapons on their team, and they still never won the fucking Super Bowl. This is why I don't trust the fucking Chargers. I don't give a shit. They've had so many weapons on this team and never won, never got to a Super Bowl. Fuck win one. They never got to one. It's, it's, it. it I'm used to it. I'm used to this. So, yeah. Great talent. The Chargers had three franchise caliber great quarterbacks. Drew Brees, Phil Rivers, Justin Herbert. And for three straight times, this franchise cannot figure out one side of the fucking football or the other. It's the fucking Chargers. They're the Vikings of the AFC. They are the Cowboys of the AFC. All the hype in the world, and your ass still can't win a simple-ass playoff game. Fuck out of here. Anyway, that is the end. <laughs> that is the end of our Bleed Sports. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode, man. Uh, leave comments on my YouTube channel, on uh, social media platforms, all of it, man. I think you can even rate and review this show Rate and review this show on uh, podcast platforms everywhere, man. Until next time, man. I'm Brandon Janu. See you next Tuesday. Until next time.
Peace.